Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Yes, Welcome to breathe. another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How you doing? I'm Chuck. I'm Godless. And uh, this is the weekly examination of all things metal. The Metal Sucks Podcast, our final one for the year. What you say? There's Putting still the moss two more in weeks. Christmas. Yes. Yeah, so we got to. We, we we're gonna wrap up our year in style. We are gonna Huge talk to episode. Enzo, of course, the senior editor of MetalSucks.net. He was kind enough to come on. We're gonna discuss the uh, top news stories. Of uh, 2014, some uplifting and amazing, others really fucking depressing and sad. <laughs> so you know, I might even cry in this episode. I don't know for sure. <laughs> don't, don't hold me to that. You're but it's always entirely on possible. the edge of tears, dude. I mean, come on. I'm a fat guy. That's yeah. what happens. Fat guys cry. That'll be the, that's the one disappointment that I have for 2014 is that we were unable to make a metal interview e cry this year. Uh, is that a resolution for next year? Next year. That's okay. What I'm next doing. year we're gonna do it. Like cry in cry. pain or cry in sadness? I'll take it any way I can get it. <laughs> some kind of tears somewhere, <laughs> somehow. I think moisture Just from be the ready, eyes. Uh, any of you guests that are uh, possibly listening to this podcast, uh, it might be uh, coming your way. Uh, <laughs> Godless is prepared and ready for you. It's like I say, you know, if you've got nothing good to say, come on the Metal Sucks podcast. <laughs> or if you're on the verge of tears... Give us a call. No, just bring it. Yeah, just let's bring do it. it. Or if you you know want a dish, you know it's all good, man. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So we're going to talk about uh, the top news stories of 2014. We're also going to talk to Doc Coyle again about he's he's going to reject our sickness because apparently he thinks I'm ill about uh, Christmas metal. I think it's a good thing. I love it. I think it's uh, fabulous. I play it every year on my radio show. I do it. Uh, I, I I've got it on my. Uh, it, my radio station that I have, now, on the, uh, you, I, I love it. Are love you going to do the NoControlRadio.com stream that's 24-7 for anybody in the United States is able to listen? Are you going to make it all Christi- uh, Christmas metal for like the next couple weeks? No, well, you haven't listened, have you? No, no I got uh-huh. I got to tune in. I haven't tuned in. I, I play, I'm already playing Christmas metal. I started oh, playing last 24/7? week. 24-7? No, 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 not 24-7. You should do 24-7. No, because there's only um, the, like, the really good Christmas stuff, like Christmas metal-wise. There's only probably about, I'd say, 60, 70 songs that are out there. There's there's a couple of albums, but you don't want to get into some of the deep stuff. No, on no deep tracks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The deep cuts of the I Declare War is not that great. You know, but, uh, but, but Jingle Bells is pretty freaking good, though. <laughs> you know, there's a few. I don't want to do like oh, the entire Psycho Stick album or anything like that. So uh, it's sprinkled in. It's intermingled gotcha. within everything else. Oh, that's kick-ass. You know? And I mean, August Burns Red, is, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, we'll talk about all that, of course, in our uh, segment okay. where Doc rejects our sickness. So that's going to be there. What are we going to play music-wise? Maybe do a little bit of uh, baby metal? It was the year of baby metal. And I'll dig something, some kind of Christmas shit out for everybody awesome. that everybody else will hate and I'll love. Because so. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I just love it, man. Hey, uh, if you aren't subscribed to us, make sure you do on iTunes, because if you haven't listened to every episode, you can do that while we're on break. Uh, just search for Metal Sucks Podcast on iTunes. You can subscribe subscribe to us there. Also, on every post we post, we put a SpeakPipe link. So if you want to leave us a message, make sure you get on that. You can tell us what you think about this episode. Or you can also uh, give us ideas, suggestions, questions, things like that that you want us to talk about. That's a uh, 
also available for you as well. It's a wonderful thing. We love hearing from you guys and putting you on the show. It's pretty cool. Yeah, right? All right. All right, good times. So let's uh, let's let's get into this. I don't know. There's debate. Like I went back and looked through all my gathering of news that happened throughout the year and try to find the biggest metal stories. But I think what we need to do is turn it over to Anzo and let him s- tell us what the biggest news stories were. You know, I hate to say this to you because it's not really my favorite story, but the biggest story this year was probably the return of Slipknot and the the takeover by Baby Metal. It's got to be one of those two, right? That's yeah, I would say pretty close because Slipknot anything Slipknot is is getting is pretty huge. I mean, as far as them being number 1 on Billboard and it helped that they put out a really good record too. Yeah, true. I don't know. Something about the Slipknot thing. Um I I I should base in this by saying uh I'm kind of a OG Slipknot fan. Ah. Uh I <laughs> I remember when their promo kind of arrived for their first album in, on my desk in like what 1999 or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. It, it was a while back, and it wasn't even a final mix for some of the songs. And I remember being really fond of Slipknot uh, when they were kind of a small band. Uh, as they grew, I think so grew their their desperation, and and that's what I kind of what kind of characterized their campaign for this new album is they, they came off as really um, sweaty and uh, really needy to me. Uh, they kind of trotted out the departure of their drummer and the death of their bass player. And then the whole production with disguising the identities of their two new guys, um, when in reality, the identity of those two guys was not very interesting. So there was a little bit of like... Um, you know, like the Wizard of Oz type thing where behind the curtain was just Corey Taylor standing there with a a calculator. <laughs> yeah, try, try to create some false intrigue about, well, uh, thought, about... But I think that's actually a smart play, though, for those guys. And well, and Bruce Springsteen's drummer's kid, that's kind of a cool find. I guess. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I guess. I'm with Chuck on this one. I don't find that to be... Uh, uh, especially new. I think they, they probably should have got somebody out there if, if they were going to play on this news point. This is, uh, I, I hate myself for picking them apart. I mean, they're just trying to be a band and they're just trying to sell records. They're just trying to go down in history as, as one of the big bands. I, 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 I don't begrudge them that nobody does, but at the same time, I, I feel like they're overthinking it a little bit and that their campaign for this album was just kind of marred by, a lot of really uninteresting marketing points. Well, like, I think we call it we we call it in uh, in the radio business. I think they and it's probably just a corporate American thing. Uh, it's called a three hundred and sixty degree campaign. It's a three sixty campaign, and it's all facets, all the time, everywhere, as long as you can sustain it. And it seems to be what a lot of bands lack or can't or can't pull off. Well, Slipknot's one of those bands yeah. that can actually. You need a staff do it and people are gonna people are gonna read the stories they're gonna look at it and some people are curious about i mean i i never was worried about who was the drummer or the bass player you know like that never and i and i'm sort of like you i was an old school slipknot fan they're the one they're the band that got me to stop listening to indie rock in the early 2000s and go back to metal oh my god so so they were they got me back so i'm 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 kind of with you in that respect too so but, I, don't know, I, I I dug all the marketing stuff, and I, it seems like most 
most of their fans gobbled it up. I mean, they sold records. Yes, they surely did. I'm I'm happy about that. It would have been a bummer for uh, each metal fan and all of Slipknot's uh, fellow metal bands if that record had fallen flat. Yeah, I think it. I think it sounds pretty good. I think it found a pretty good home with their fans. But what must be on the forefront of Corey Taylor's mind is the uh, the old wisdom that uh, you better make new fans with every album. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if younger fans are going to struggle to relate to them, uh, the members of Slipknot, because they're kind of old and uh, they're kind of everywhere. Like the mystique that they would need, the mystique that their masks provided and their namelessness, I think it's kind of all gone. So mm. I, I'm, I'm kind of... I, I kind of, I'm kind of understanding and critical at the same time, yeah. like of what they're doing. But I don't really think. I think it was just noise that got in the way. Well, but it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, they need another decade before you know the, those original fans are showing up with their ten-year-old kids. You know, no, I think it's there already. You think so? Yeah, I think that. I, I mean, if you think about Slipknot being from ninety-eight, ninety-nine. And we're in, sitting here in 2014 right now, going into 2015. Those kids are are 10, 15, 10 to 15 okay. years old. All right. So, I mean, I think the original fans, you know, like, you think I, are- I, I could take my kid to a Slipknot show if she was a, gave a shit about metal. But, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I, I think it's, it's, it, it's definitely that time now where they would be turning it around. Yeah, you know? it, should, it should be on a churn. But I don't think that there are as many, I don't know, when I think about being a Maiden fan, that generational... 20 like third generation maiden fan yet you know and, and i think you know really when you look at it the big lesson that slipknot presents for every other band of every genre is that your basis can die and you'll be okay <laughs> wait am i supposed to laugh at that or not <laughs> sorry sorry i'm not laughing at the death of paul gray uh, that guy was cool well then <laughs> cool well, then the other one you're talking about is baby metal, which is, uh, you know, a full frontal assault on media as well. But I think it's like it's not the same where they're attacking media, whereas media are attacking them. Yeah, good point. Like, just just they <laughs> know. want baby metal and more baby metal. And let's talk about baby metal some more. You know, like it just seems like everybody is gung ho for it and wants to suck the life out <laughs> of those little children. It's uh, psychic vampires, man. Psychic vampires. I know. It reminds me uh, of. Uh, the, the the kind of the pitch of baby metal fever, it reminds me of the Krispy Kremes. It's like the perfect... Do you remember when Krispy Kremes were like huge? Yeah. <laughs> like uh, they suddenly... I, I, I'm a I'm a donut connoisseur myself. Uh, I'm kind of a recovering donut-aholic uh, or whatever. So I was very interested in Krispy Kremes when they came out. <laughs> very fascinated. And that's how I feel about baby metal. It's like somehow they just nailed the perfect formula of what would be interesting at least a little to every single individual who comes into contact with them, um, be it a nerd who's into Japanese shit or, uh, you know, a, a red blooded heterosexual male who likes attractive women who might be of legal age someday. Um, <laughs> happen to be so interesting to every single person who crossed their paths for whatever reason. I, I know that the three of us have spoken about this before, how, yeah how confusing it is to watch baby metal, how many emotions and thoughts you have at the same time. Like this is both awesome and kind of absurd and so on and so forth. And musically but, uh, valid. Very much so. Um, I, I think it's really, 
it, it's just such a good thing for music, baby metal in general. They've kind of thrown down the gauntlet that if you can't be more exciting than us, then you're going to suffer. And I think a lot of bands want to step up to that. Furthermore, it's going to open up a gateway that was kind of creaking open, that maybe had a couple toes sticking in it from somebody's foot in Japan, but now is like swung wide open for bands from Japan to come to the West and do good business. This is not something that has traditionally happened, no matter how much money they've spent trying to break a band from Japan. Um, in America, it's not really worked out that well until now. So I think that's really fantastic uh, for, the, for the simple reason that, not just for the sake of getting you know, money into the hands of Japanese bands, but for the listeners here in the West, especially here in the States, they have a lot to learn and a lot to benefit from uh, by hearing bands from Japan. Those bands like approach things in a very interesting way. Not only are their influences fascinating, but just their attitude about making music and what the limitations are and what a song is. You know, Marty Friedman kind of opened up this discussion with our own Vince Neilstein and that huge article on Rolling Stone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, I was like, that was a really interesting sort of take on the 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 actual, the real differences, the musical differences between Japan and the United States, you or mean, Japan and the rest of the world, for that matter. You mean future Megadeth guitarist Marty Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> that would be, what, what, are, what is your vibe on that, you guys? God, are you into that idea? I love that idea. I think it, yeah, I think it would work. Wouldn't it be kind of, um, what is the word? Is, is there a chemistry issue there? Like, would they be for Dude, people? Dave Mustaine is a chemistry issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, uh, that, that could be a top story for any year, you know? I mean, That's true. I guess anybody plus Dave Mustaine equals chemistry issue. <laughs> well, my, one of my favorite stories that came up like with all that was the... Dave Lombardo entertaining the idea that he could oh. possibly play with uh, play with <laughs> Megadeth. I mean, that'd be kind of cool because like, it would be a Mega Megadeth. It would be but like. Could you imagine like the personality conflicts that you would have within that within that structure? Of course like, they would. That, they just don't look at each other. <laughs> you'll be all right. You know what I mean? Oh, but, and Dave Lombardo is uh, such a drummer. His whole vibe when you uh, when you talk to him and the way he speaks and stuff, you just look at him and go, "You know, this guy is born to beat on things with sticks." Yeah. The rest of it is maybe like I don't know. I just feel um, like after he's not a finesse player. After yeah. Super Collider, Mustaine really does kind of need something that would get people really excited about Megadeth again. Aha! Aha! Okay, now we've nailed it. This is my idea. I think the last straw, the last way for Dave Mustaine to be fascinating in 2014 and 15, I think. He's going to save, he's going to kill two birds with one stone. When in fact, uh, actually in this case, he's going to save two birds with one nest or something. <laughs> um, here's my idea. Save Megadeth by destroying Megadeth. And Dave Mustaine returns to Metallica. Ooh. Da, da, da. Ooh. I, ah. Megadeth, to me, I feel like Megadeth has run its course. And I say this as a mega fan of Megadeth. Um, why not invigorate, wait, you know, kind of limping Metallica and kind of crashed and burned Megadeth by doing a Metallica album with Mustaine? Well, we could I just hit the 1985 would've... reset and we could send Kirk back to Exodus. <laughs> and... <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everybody just goes back to where. Nope, just go back to where you came from. That's an interesting idea. Do you think that the guys in Metallica? Like, I don't think they could do it. I don't think they could do it. 
I don't know. Well, maybe they could, because they. But I'm not sure if they would wanna. Would they? I mean, I know that uh, they've got they, the 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 financial disaster of the movie, the financial disaster of the Orion Fest. The you know they obviously you know, but they but they don't they're not scaling back their lifestyle. They can still live on sixteen you know the proceeds from sixteen million records sold. Well, uh, whatever Metallica does, it's probably not for money at this point. I yeah. Think it's like what Steven Tyler does. Like he wants to be loved by every single human being on earth. Um, and that is his pursuit. Like even in his sixties, I think Metallica has a, a bit of the same thing. And here's why the Dave Mustaine would serve that. And, uh, it, it would also function for them. Um, Lars and James, do they not, am I wrong? Do they not hate each other's guts? Like, <laughs> they do not seem to be friends to me. So to throw Dave in there, I think they can just all stand up there and tolerate each other, take separate tour buses or separate planes or whatever, and do the most exciting metal record for all of these people, uh, like you know, people like me who would would you know like them to uh, not ever do what they're doing right now ever again. That's a really interesting idea. Now, that's an interesting I idea. Know. You know, see, I'm a really Ma- interesting person. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but but Metallica come, you know, pull their vans into town and they're putting on a show. I know a lot of people are like, I'm going, right? Yeah. But I think that if they had one extra van and it's got Dave Mustaine in it, I think everybody goes and oh, yeah. they pay extra for no, it. That's like a, that's what I'm saying. It's like I think that's a it's interesting idea. Some of their parts. It's a win 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 win. Godless, what you just said, let's approach it from the opposite angle. Not only are you totally correct with what you just said, but it, it, it's even more correct when you look at it from the other side. Is there anybody in the crowd at the Metallica show going, where the fuck is Kirk Hammett? I am here for Kirk Hammett. Give me mm. some more Kirk Hammett. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, of, of course, it's sort of easy to say, but... No, they would play as a five-piece. Kirk's got a gig. Because, I mean, I, I think I think Kirk, and if nothing else, Kirk would wind up being a... It would be a trading solos kind of thing between them. Because, I mean, you got to think... Yeah, Hammett wrote some of the most iconic solos in Metallica's catalog, so I, I also can't discount him as him either. I think it'd be kind of interesting to hear a three-guitar attack of Metallica. Oh, you know what I mean? Goddamn. Huh. See, now that's something I haven't thought of. That's pretty fascinating. Because those cool harmony solos, like Ride the Lightning, yeah. is actually a harmonizer. Uh-huh. But um, what about the kind of the, uh, the the quiet part solo in Master of Puppets or something like that? Then you've got three guitars going like Maiden. All right. Well, uh, I think we need to get an interview with the Metallica guys and get Mustaine on the other line <laughs> and get it <laughs> this love connection to happen. At this point, what what what's the worst that could happen? What, yeah, right? Why why not give it a shot? Yeah. I, well, yeah, that's really interesting. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, a good, that's a good prediction for 2015. I love that idea. Thank you, Rand. So, all right, so the other big story this year was the sort of like hibernation of new wave of American heavy metal at the same time as this zombification of um, new, new metal. metal. Yes, yes. Well, the, the new wave of American heavy metal band, it's, uh, it's kind of sad, but in a way it's almost like watching... Um, uh, an untended nest, a bird, a nest, an untended nest full of baby birds, 
uh, die in winter. It's just kind of part of life. Dude, um, you got a I bunch think. of bird analogies going on today. <laughs> this is <Wow>. awesome. <laughs> really? Is that another? Is that my second bird analogy? Yeah, <laughs> something about a bird in the hand is don't, one in the bush or nest. Don't stop now, or, man. Don't stop yeah, It's now. all good. <laughs> well, I got chicken for dinner analogies. <laughs> I, I can. I'm kind of an analogy uh, addict. Um, I don't know. I I, I got to tell you, I I really miss God forbid. That was a kind of a automatic buy for me whenever they were in my neighborhood. It was like an automatic attend, uh, no thought necessary. But um, what do you guys think? Is is did it just run its course, or well, see, mine just m- not cutting it. Mine in that group was probably Chimera. Chimera was one of those bands that I would, no matter what, didn't matter who was playing, I wanted to see Mark sing. You know, like I, I was always a Chimera fan and uh, wanted to be them. And so when when that dissolved, it was like, oh, that was sort of the end. But I kind of agree with you. What uh, I'm, where the parents left the nest because they're the ones that were able to fly and exist on their own, i.e., the Lamb of Gods of the world, and and a couple of those that came out of that. It's like the all these little babies were kind of left to die. So the B level just seems to they just weren't able to support themselves. And I don't know if that was because they just weren't making enough money. If it was artistically, they were they were, they were felt like they were lagging behind. I think they just lost their enthusiasm. I mean, because Doc wrote about that in his yeah. long piece about it. And, and that's going to be like the document of that uh, of this year as far as that topic's concerned. I agree with that. I wonder if Doc and all those other guys experienced uh, much of the same of what like thrash metal uh, what the second tier of thrash metal experience uh, going into the '90s? I mean, like Overkill. Overkill kind of stuck to the script, but even they. I mean, I saw Overkill in like '95 with like 20 people, maybe. Um, so I think a lot of those bands, even the best case scenarios like uh, Overkill and Anthrax or uh, Testament as well, um, I think they were in a very similar situation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Overkill was able to kind of consistently hang around there. Anthrax had the luxury of being, well, essentially dead for 20 years, in my opinion. But well, is that what you call John uh, Bush? Yeah, yeah, pretty much the 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 the, the dead dead and dying years from from ninety what ninety four to yeah, it sounded like white noise to but, blow. You know, so that when you kind of remove yourself and you're able to come back, it's the carcass, it's the at the gates. There's this newfound love of what you did before. Blah 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 blah. You know, these guys have been in the trenches and kind of doing it over and over again. And you think about a band like Unearth who came out with a record this year and it was just sort of, ah, well, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? It was just kind of lackluster. And I don't know if it's like everybody, the, the tastes are changing. We're looking for things that are more complicated or we're just, we grew out of it, you know? Well, I wonder, I really do wonder if it has something to do with the kind of the cosmetics of the new wave, uh, sound, uh, I feel like there might be, I think, I think there might be two things at work. I wonder if you guys agree that cycles kind of are a little accelerated, being that people get information a little more quickly and they get a lot more information. Yeah. I think on the whole, people have a larger number of favorite bands right now uh, than they did when it was a little harder to find music. Absolutely. Um, and then going along with that, not only do the cycles go faster, but I think at this stage, I think people are moving away from the new wave of Ameri- American heavy metal uh, kind of production sensibility, where things are um, kind of computerized and really they're really precise and kind of kind of lifeless in a way. I feel like the most exciting band on uh, my top fifteen of two thousand fourteen list, and 
the most exciting bands for a lot of people are much more organic sounding um, and a, a lot less uh, kind of formulaic. Well, I agree with that in uh, some respects, but then you get a band, the pro- the progressive, the gent, the, the peripheries of the world, where that's just a songwriting dynamic instead of production dynamic, you know, because the, the whole thing with the new wave bands were let's maximize every bit that's in this waveform that we possibly can. Let's squeeze, make it as loud as we can, as tight as we can, as much as right. it is, and not have much, uh, much give and take to it. I mean, I think Killswitch was one of those bands that was able to kind of pull that off, but it was still like even the soft parts were loud. <laughs> so yeah, having somebody like Periphery be able to go and back off of it and then come back to it and then back off of it again, you know, and actually yeah. bring some dynamics back to some of that music and, and adjust the style a little bit. I think that's the stuff that people are like, Oh, you can do this and still be heavy. Yeah. And but, creative. I th- but I think when most of those new wave American heavy metal bands do that, and then everybody goes, Oh, you're changing. Oh my God, you're changing. Yeah. And it's like, God, these guys are trying to survive. It could be worse. They could have hired John Bush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I mean, I heard, um, what was that super, uh, there was a one killer album that came out in 2014 that landed on a lot of best of lists, and now it's totally escaping me, but shit. Oh, Fallujah, of course. Uh, uh, one of my forget <laughs> albums. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was one of one so that I, I totally I missed on my list, and I was like, ah, oh, it was just a, a total oversight. Oh, nuts. I hate that. <laughs> I, I really admired that album for a couple of reasons. I mean, it's pretty cranked up. The mix is pretty heavy-duty loud. But at the same time, I was really admiring the number of guitar textures on that album. There's a bunch of different amps and a bunch of different guitar types being used on that album, and it gives it a lot of depth and a lot of flavor. Um, and that was something that did not really happen in the wave of American heavy metal. And we could go through and pick apart where they went wrong in their business mode and where they went wrong in their sound and production. Maybe they were trying to please a little too hard, but as a whole, it's just depressing that those bands didn't pull through and kind of live on to evolve and, and continue to make records and make music. Cause I don't know. I miss Doc Coyle. I miss Dallas Coyle. Yeah. Um, yep. So I, I found those guys to be really fascinating songwriters and all the, and every other band in that scene too. Well, let's say eighty percent of the other bands were really, I think they're pretty important to to metal. Um, so to see them go, it's a drag. Well, yeah, and it's also that was the meat and potatoes of all the festivals that were running at the in the middle of the two thousands as well. You know, I mean, that was uh, the tail ends of the Ozfest. That was the right. startup of the Mayhem Fest. That was the, the a, sounds of the underground. At I a mean, certain point, though, we're all going to want that aesthetic again, and those guys are going to be oh, the best ones back. to do it. And so yeah. the, the only the only thing you hope is that they hold on to the brand. You know, don't yeah. don't just quit and lose it, and then you got to go back as you know with an AD at the end. You know, hold the brand. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, that there we now we're back to Anthrax because that's essentially what they did. Um, they became kind of a heavy rock band yep. and having yeah. like all muted riffs, or they were they weren't really metal metal for quite a while there, and then suddenly they were again. And, and probably at some point, John Bush will get a job again. You know, they'll, <laughs> at some point they're gonna that'll be the thing. You know, everybody will be sick of the Anthrax reunion. 
Yeah, well, Axel, our Axel Rosenberg already is, you know, he, he does not, he is not a fan of their current singer at all. We, we, we really go at it. So you're totally right about that. We're probably going to see John Bush again someday if he'll, if he'll, if he'll have them, really. Uh, I, I, what's he doing nowadays? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. I know he was doing voiceover work, and that mm-hmm. is like easy money. You do that from bed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to get you out of the, out of that business after after you got your hooks into it. You know. Yeah, but the adoring crowds. I mean, not. I don't know whether he ever had any, but I'm saying, you know, when you're selling pampers, <laughs> you know, yeah, come on. I mean, Axel Rosenberg will be in well, the audience. I always think about it. Well, in in the way that I look at that is that if you know, being a somewhat of an old fart, sometimes it's like. I'm, I picked Joey Belladonna because that's that's when I found that band. Yep. So a lot of people found that band in the 90s and that they love John Bush. So it, I know I'm waiting a lot for of the board know. shorts to come back. That, then I'm yeah. there. You that's know? what I'm saying. The uh, suicidal hats. Excuse me. I'm so sorry to do this to you guys. Board shorts, that is a modern term. The real uh, name for those is jams. Jams. <laughs> that's right. Jam. Uh, Metal Sucks readers probably know at this point that I will never pass up an opportunity to say the word jam. Here I am saying it. Jam, jam, jam. With a Z. You know, earlier we were talking about, uh, you know, zomb- the zombification of, of new metal and, and uh, you know, sort of being the other story, whether that really. I still think that's not even a fabrication. A, a but, truth. But speaking of zombies, some people died this year. I know. It's been a rough year, actually, yeah. for for uh, especially the the because to me the biggest story of this year uh, has got to be Dave Brocky. Yeah, you I know? I yeah, that is just such a shame. And I mean, um, hands down, it's one of the. I mean, because he was to me, you know, integral as far as like introducing me to some of the weirdest stuff in the world musically and what they were able to do for twenty five years of existence and. You know, seeing a guy like that, that was such a personality and was able to really branch out and bring metal to the rest of the world in a way that nobody else has it to see him kind of go away was really, really tough. But at the same time, if you're going to send off a metal dude that is that important, his send off was almost picturesque. Oh, you're not kidding. Yeah, I totally agree with uh, what you just said. I think it's a. I think you're like a hundred percent, a hundred million percent, right? We something the three of us always talk about is the health, the health of metal, and uh, Dave Brocky, he was. It was almost like I don't know if he ever set out to do this, but one way or another, his mission or his what his legacy is is it was impossible to be close-minded around Dave Brocky. Um, if there's there's no way Guar, like his music and his art and his whole vibe would permit you to have, like, small thinking. It, it, it erupted from, you know, the, the, the conventional thinking. Guar exploded from that um, and challenged pretty much every uh, limit to your comfort uh, that there is. They, they sprayed you with shit. They uh, were dressed. Uh, what they wear is just... Uh, it, I, I'm so happy and I'm very proud of metal people uh, because of Dave Brocky and the way that he, uh, he just like rams free thinking into everybody. Like there's no way for you to be close minded uh, when there's a guy with a gigantic goblin dick sticking out <laughs> from between his legs. Uh, 
screaming about maggots and stuff. Like, I don't know. And, and there was a, a wry bit of political commentary to a lot of what he did. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was just a very fascinating person, even outside of Guar. And that, I don't know. And it's so bitter on top of everything else. I find it really bitter that it was like hard drugs that took yeah. him down. Like that is just self-inflicted. The, the key to life is to make death awesome. Like make death like have to be awesome at taking you out. You can't go down quietly. You can't slip and fall on a banana peel uh, and crack your head open and die. You have to force death to be completely awesome at the art of killing you. And to shoot heroin or smoke heroin or whatever the case may be, that that is basically laying down. Uh, and it, it's a human weakness. Like I, I understand that, but it's just such a such a bitter thing for me. Well, and too, you know, it's like. A lot of us look at that, it, hold that dude in such high regard that that's how could something that mortal be what what is what befalls him? You know, it's like how is that possible? As crazy as he was, he always seemed it, he had a very sober outlook on everything, everything. that he was doing. <laughs> yeah, and and for it, the, the, the well, irony we, is just ridiculous. Well, we've you know we've interviewed I've interviewed Pustulus. We've talked to all the guys from the band. We talked to you yeah. know Volvatron and all that. And I think the best thing that as as far as the, that they said, my favorite line out of all those interviews was that Guar consists of a bunch of people coming up with a lot of bad ideas, putting them all together into one really terrible idea and making that idea happen. Yeah, and it's for exactly what you're saying. It's like they they would always throw everything up against the wall and and find out what would be the grossest the sickest the and the and greatest everything. live and performance that we saw this year i think you would agree with would me would be the the guar without dave brocky yeah is that right yeah it was amazing amazing i mean i cried yeah you should have seen it it was wow. it was incredible it was one of the most because like i said i've been seeing guar for 20 years and you know i was like oh well this is going to be interesting okay whatever and then the, then they did the whole hologram thing and then, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that by itself was yeah, hilarious. They, they, they have uh, Odorous on hologram singing a song, yeah. the first song of the set. And as he's being sucked into the wormhole, right? And then, boom, he's gone. So the whole uh, whole thing is about them trying to take over power. And the sound is just invigorated with, with Blothar. And, uh, I mean, it's just totally invigorated. And then the way that they ended that show with the people who died mm-hmm. and changed the words for, uh, for who did they put in there for the one we saw was, uh, was Skacia in there. I think yeah. uh, Paul gray was in there. Uh, you know, like changed the words for, for metals, fallen heroes. It was amazing. It was like one of the most wow. amazing cathartic things that I've ever seen. Yeah. I wow, think you really just cheered me up. Holy cow. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It was, it was so, it was so the, everything that they have done, regarding his death has really honestly been exactly what needed to happen. And it was really yeah. incredible. Like all of it, the Viking funeral. I mean, the whole, all of it, they're pros, just total pros. And, and, you know, and then on top of that, uh, you know, the other sort of metal death this year was, uh, that was big was Wayne static. That was weird. Now Wayne static, not a really fashionable presence in 2014, right? Mm-hmm. So, what was your guys' vibe on that? Like, was it kind of like, oh, that's unfortunate, and you kind of moved on? Or is this something that harms metal in 2014? I think the important question is, 
is his wife dating again yet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was it was sort of strange, and I think some of the you know the 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 crap with uh, Jacoby Shaddix and all that stuff with the with with the pointing to drugs like right off the bat and all that stuff. Like I thought that was kind of a a, a weird thing, but. I, do we have an autopsy report yet? I don't think so. But, what the hell? But I didn't feel surprised for some reason, and I don't know why I didn't feel surprised. Like when I heard about Brocky, I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I can't believe this. When I heard about Wayne Static, I was like, "Well, that I, I didn't feel surprised about it." That's weird. I, and and I don't. I have no explanation why. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like he's well, obviously young. Well, it's funny. I'm I, I'm not too close to Wayne Static uh, or his world, um, but it's kind of uh i don't think anyone is surprised that he was a uh, kind of a hard drug user or was rumored to be a hard drug user for so long um a lot of people that i talked to who worked with him uh right around the time of his death uh were were saying yeah it kind of seemed like something that would happen someday uh to him that was kind of the impression that i was given by people who worked with him uh, at his, you know, at the labels he's been on and, and publicists and stuff like that was, was kind of, kind of his world. He was kind of a, uh, untamed kind of guy. Um, what made it, um, what, what you might be kind of picking up on, uh, is the way he dealt with, uh, the fallout from like breaking up with his bandmates, mm. his interactions with his former bass player, that guy, Tony Campos, yeah. they really, I mean, sometimes high and drunk people don't, they like kind of tend to believe their own bullshit. And, uh, I, I hope I sound like loving when I say that. Cause that's how I mean it. I, I don't mean it like what a dick. I, no, I, like, I know what you mean. Yeah. I totally they, know what you mean. They get, on, they get on social media and they say, well, Tony's ripping me off and he says one thing or he won't do this. And he's being totally unfair. And you look at the way they justify it. I mean, I think we all can, like relate to this because we all just saw Scott Stapp spew all that horse shit at us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that was what kind of tipped it off to me that Wayne Sack was going to be in trouble is the way he vibed, uh, when he was fighting with uh, his former bandmates. Um, it just sounded like a, a drunk guy making excuses, uh, and being a victim. So, and, uh, another death that was pretty close to home was, uh, our very own Corey Mitchell, uh, uh you know, not not a musician, but you know, one of our one of the Metal Suck staff writers and a friend of mine, and that was that was a pretty rough, crazy one as well for for this year. I, I've spent a lot of my writing career talking about how I don't know what it's like uh, when a when a band member dies. You know, when uh, a Dave Brocky would pass away, or yeah. uh, a member of my band would die, and now I kind of do. Uh, Corey Mitchell was there as when I started working with metal sucks, he was there. Uh, he was always there. We had a good relationship when we, uh, exchanged emails and stuff. I just kind of counted on him always being there. Uh, we, I was desperately, uh, like <laughs> I was desperately like in admiration of his awesome true crime, uh, book career. Like he's mm-hmm. an author of several very popular true crime books. And I think fans of true crime books know that this guy kind of had a niche. Like people, he was in there. Like he was, he was somebody. He was getting good stories and writing good books. Um, so there were a lot of different levels that uh, I, I was like really into Corey Mitchell, and <laughs> I think he could tell 
she was kind of like, yeah, settle down. Like, and <laughs> one of our emails was like, okay, easy, easy there, Cobra. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't believe it. It just kind of happened to us. You know, when I saw the first notice that I had of it was I got up the next morning, that Monday morning, and um, uh, actually posted something about it on Facebook, and I immediately hit him up. I was like, you're, what are you talking about? This isn't true. Yeah, I saw him just a few hours before. Yeah, you had I was on him. stage with him. I was yeah. on stage with him and Phil at House Core, you know, mm-hmm. doing the award show the night before. And I'm like, no, no, no. What, what are you talking about? This is like, this got to be a hoax or something. And just could not believe it. You know, just could not believe that. You know, as far as a you know writer goes, he was you know an amazing writer. And then just to have the vision to do what he did with the House Core Festival, just unreal. Yeah, you know, and actually the wherewithal to make that happen, like that would ne- that would never have happened. I mean, Phil, uh, Phil Anselmo, and all that, great, but it was that was the will of one Corey Mitchell that made that thing happen, and so many people enjoyed themselves for two years in a row, and it was just it's just such a sad thing to have him have him out of our lives. I agree. Did you notice something about Corey when he would write his Bleeders Digest column? Um, he would go through and he'd listen to all these records, just tons of records, and talk about just a billion records. And then not only would he spend a million, billion hours doing that, but once the article was published, he'd go into the comments and interact with everybody who mm-hmm. had a question for him. Yep. Uh, I think that kind of sums it up. That's kind of how I feel about Corey. He's just like one of those awesome, high-energy guys uh, with a lot of excitement, a lot of enthusiasm, and... Uh, it's just such a bummer. I was kind of hoping, I, I, I wasn't hoping, I was just kind of taking it for granted that he would uh, he would just kind of be there forever. Yeah, I know. At least, in, uh, you know, he would not end before Metal Sucks did. Uh, yeah, right. And it just bumps me out. Unfortunately, I think we'd all do that with everybody that we know and love. And, right. And so oh. we don't go away. I love you guys. No. Don't, 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 don't forget to say goodbye. That's all I, that's all I have. <laughs> Uh, big, big, big audio hugs. That's good. <laughs> so now 2014, you know, a huge year. I mean, uh, 2015. I mean, what, what, what do we expect? Yeah. Can you tell us like, who, what I mean, other, other than Metallica and Megadeth? Well, what other musicians are the publicist and record label people telling you have unhealthy habits that might do them in, in 2015? Well, I don't know about that. Um, I, 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 for me, 2015, there are, uh, I, I, it can be summed up in three words. Uh, three words only uh, kind of block out my entire event horizon for 2015. And those, these are the three words. I'll tell them to you right now. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, here they come. <clears throat> the three words that describe 2015 to me, Anzo, senior editor of Metal Sucks, they are these. Faith, no, more. That's all I care about. I don't care about anything. I don't care about food. I don't care about going to the pool. I don't care about donuts, Jamba Juice. I care about space no more in 2015. What did you think of that song? What did you think about Motherfucker? What did you re- really? It, it kind of sounds like one of those space uh, no more jams from one of their last two albums that kind of lays in the cut a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like a song like Naked in Front of the Computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... Um, a uh, song like Ugly in the Morning that has really grown on me over time, but at first just sounds like a bunch of cacophony. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not super crazy about it. I did really get into the song that they uh, performed at the record store. 
uh, performance. Yeah. Did you guys catch that? Yep. Yep. Um, that one sounds like. Uh, I shouldn't say sounds like that one is the the level of excitement that I expect from Faith and More music. I don't really care if they sound like they used to sound. They just have to be as awesome as they used to be. And I think uh, that song is a good piece of evidence uh, that supports uh, that idea. I, I'm really pumped. Um, Mike Patton's a little weird these days. He kind of has, like, rapper arm movements and stuff, but <laughs> I don't even care. I, I'm just so pumped. I, I love Faith No More. Well, he he picked. I mean, I'm a I'm a Patton fan. Like I'm I'm a fan of pretty much anything that that guy does. You know, so Faith No More. I love Peeping Tom. You know, like Peeping Tom was even though it was sort of hip hopish or you know, uh, the, that was like a great live show when when he right. came, he did that stuff live. You know, Tomahawk obviously. Uh, and you know, when I, when Lombardo had said, mentioned something about, you know, Phantom Ah getting back together and doing a couple of gigs, like, Ooh, maybe there's something there too, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I think, uh, I think hopefully a good long U S tour, uh, with faith no more would be, uh, would be awesome. And I'm, I, yeah, I could care less whether they got a new album or not. Really? Oh no. I, I just want the live I mean, show. I want to hear some new stuff. I, I want to hear what, what he's been, what he's got pent up. I think that guy's got something. I think he's ready. I don't know. It sounded well, to me like he was dragged into it somewhat kicking and screaming. I, I feel like there, Billy Gold, the bass player, was really hinting at that, that there was a lot of reluctance from Mike and Roddy, uh, Roddy Bottoms, the keyboard player, to, to kind of go in on new music. Um, I, and I guess as a Faith No More fan and scholar, I would predict that that has to do with uh, the fact that Faith No More's great music did not, was not a product of great like interpersonal chemistry, it was a product of the opposite. Mm. It was a product of like competition and like fuck you manship. Uh, so I, I don't know how eager like 50 year old guys are to get back into a situation that's kind of contentious and competitive. Um, on the same token, why not get back in faith no more and mess with the drummer who was in like Avi and stuff. Like <laughs> why not get faith no more going and do a record and see if you can, uh, basically do what carcass and Voivod and all these other reunited and reinvigorated bands are doing and releasing these kick-ass albums, the crown at the gate. There's so many. So, uh, yeah, I don't know all of my energy, uh, like praying and hoping and wishing, uh, it's finally come to fruition, and this is my 2015. But the crown, but mostly faith no more. I don't know 2015. I, I don't know. I'm just optimistic in general. Yeah, what I'd yeah. really like to see is some progress actually in the metal economy. The way that bands right now are just having to claw their way to sustainability. I, I hope. I hope that some sort of answer starts to reveal itself in 2015. It can't be like this forever. Something's gonna. Something. And we see, and it, you know, and the Kickstarter thing has helped here and there. It has. Um, you know, the we've we've seen what 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 Pompla Roach can do on tour or whatever that band was. Uh, you know, as far as losing eleven thousand dollars and making a hundred and thirty. Oh, not Papa Roach. It was no, Pompaloose. Pa- Pompaloose. Yeah. Whatever the hell. <laughs> I, I don't know who the hell. Whatever their name is. But I, I think that now some of that exposure that's been exposed so i think i think now that we're seeing the books open up on some of these bands and everybody's going wait a minute we we this is what we did i think everybody's going to have any an examination of some of those things and i think you're going to see better results as a result of that just from 
people being more fiscally responsible? No, just from people actually knowing what the fuck is going on. Yeah. You know, I mean, half the time they don't know how many T-shirts they bought, let alone, yep. you know, whatever. So I think just uh, as a matter of record going, oh, we can do better than that band. No, mm-hmm. we can do better than that band. I think you're going to see a little bit better bookkeeping on the parts of some of these bands because they're having to do it on their own a little bit more. So I can, I can see that coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. So what's your big uh, uh, hope for 2015? Uh, new metal is going to make a comeback. <laughs> total, like, total comeback. We're going to uh, see a revival of Mushroom Head. They're going to be playing uh, stadiums again. I was hoping you're going to say Dave Mustaine and Metallica. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I want to see a full-on... If I could have anything that I wanted in 2015, I would say a System of a Down reunion would be great. Yeah. Because uh, I'm a huge fan of System of a Down. It's speaking of new metal, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> that would be kind of a fun thing, even though they've hinted at it. Uh, well, but, they're doing like a four date tour or something like that, but. Yeah. Hey, at least they're talking to each other. Yeah, right. But other than that, I have no idea what the hell's going to happen, man. Because half of the stuff that I wrote down as far as news stories this year, um, just took me like completely blindsided by the biggest news stories. I mean, other yeah. than Tim Lambeis is going to jail, yeah, you know, like that. I saw that coming. Yeah, know, do you think but, he gets out this year? Like, gets out early? I think he's going to be. I think he's going to come out with a boyfriend. No, <laughs> I, th- I think we're going to have a whole he's, new no, face. He's, he's going to turn the other cheek, if you will. He's going to come out with a congregation. That's what he's going to come out with. <laughs> turn the other cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so I figure with baby metal being the second biggest story, according to Anzo, it might be appropriate to go ahead and play another baby metal song on uh, on the show. Can we put baby, make sure baby metal is in the uh, search? Uh, yeah, we need we need it down there so that uh, everybody will dig it up, dude. <laughs> baby metal on the Metal Sucks podcast. Let's go. 
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. Let nothing you dismay Remember Christ the Savior Was born on Christmas Day To save us all from Satan's power When we were gone astray Tidings of comfort and joy Comfort and joy my favorite Christmas metal songs of all 
time. I love that song, dude. You don't Dio, get, baby. Don't get more metal than Dio. I know. It's, it's awesome, right? Yeah. Don't get much more Christmassy than I like God it. Rest You Merry Gentlemen. I like how you roll your eyes. You, you're, you're totally just agreeing with me. Just to, just, I don't know why you're agreeing with me, honestly. You should, you're supposed to, like, you know, tear me up here. No? I'm afraid I might make you cry. It might, actually. <laughs> I do love me some Dio, baby. I do. And damn, sounds good. It's good stuff. But one man who doesn't agree with me as far as Christmas metal is concerned would be Doc Coyle. We decided that it was December again. We missed we missed a month with our, with our friend Doc Coyle. We, need, we needed him back to reject our sickness. And one of the things that came back, came up, for the month of December, and it comes up every month, uh, every year for me is the Christmas metal thing because I do an entire episode of um, Christmas stuff, three hours of Christmas metal for for my terrestrial radio show, and I love Christmas metal. And apparently, um, that that's that's not the case with Doc. <laughs> no, nah, man, that shit's corny. All right, you're corny. I'm saying. <laughs> Fuck all that shit, dude. So wait, now are are you? Do you hate the stuff that is like the covers of the old stuff, or is it like the original stuff that you hate? No, you know, you know what? It's just all listen all together. It's just whack. You know, I don't like. Matter of fact, I don't really like the meddling up of most things. You know, usually it was good before. You know, and then you try to do the metal version of something. Usually, it's it's pretty bad. I was thinking about this. There's one Christmas. Christmas metal song I like it's that uh Corn did one you know where, where basically like you know Santa Claus is kind of like a, a dirt bag oh kidnapped like, the Sandy Claus yeah. yeah yeah I like I like that one all right <laughs> and then I would probably go see like uh Trans Siberian or- Orchestra's show or whatever their their big Christmas is that the yeah yeah, yeah that's because yeah. that's kind of the traditional it's a little more orchestral stuff yeah that, they're like it's rocked up a little bit yeah it's a rock, but it's a real like thing going on there. I would do that, all right. Yeah. But these dudes, you know, same thing. You know, I, I mentioned it before. Same thing, like this metal Michael Jackson tribute album. You know, <laughs> you know, a lot of my a lot of people I admire on that album. Chuck Billy was on there. Lejean from Seven Dust, but that album was whack. Yeah, all right, nobody yeah. should be paying tribute to Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, no. Actually, the problem is Michael Jackson is so good that if you more likely you're going to ruin the song. It yeah. was already good. It's like, we heard Thriller, all right? It's one of the greatest albums of all time. You're not going to do Thriller better than Michael Jackson. Yeah, Chuck Billy singing Thriller didn't do it any justice. That's right. And it's not against Chuck Billy. No. Chuck legend, you know? But it's just the idea, the, 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 the concepts in and of itself is just corny. And, you know, I'm waiting. I just, you know what? Everyone, everyone, actually, you know what? I'm going to go on. The, I'm just going on the board right now and say all the christmas albums need to stop everybody <laughs> just stop all right all see right, do i don't my- know i really love when i heard when i heard dio sing god rest ye merry gentlemen on that because there's that one big metal comp it's like the uh have yourself a metal christmas and it's got lemmy on it it's got uh, chuck billy it's got all those guys on it that do all these compilations they're all doing it but that 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 metal version the it was heaven and hell who basically did it uh, I love that version. I think that's so awesome, and it's a it's a hell of a lot of fun to be able to uh, scare the shit out of people that are normally listening to. They're trying to be all happy and happy about Jesus and stuff. And, but is it is it covers of those old songs, or is it the like the originals? Because I mean, what is it? Psycho Stick did an entire record of nothing but uh, Christmas stuff. Yeah, uh, but Psycho Stick, I would totally give a pass because to me, the band they're a comedy metal band. You know. Um, 
And that's their whole thing is that they are always going to need different kind of things to lampoon different themes to to kind of go through. But, you know, in terms of like, I don't really see the place for it because are like like are there like Christmas parties with heavy metal fans? It's around like, hey, let's put on the Merry Christmas album. They're sitting around with eggnog and like fucking... <laughs> You know, and like turtlenecks and shit, listening to Dio. You know what? Even, I don't know who's listening to it and when and in what environment and how it even makes sense. They're not playing it at Walmart or anything, right? Even if there were a metal Christmas party, they'd still be playing Vulgar Display Power because that happens at every metal party. It doesn't exactly. matter what, what time of year. <laughs> I don't know, man. If I have a metal Christmas party, man, I'd totally be jamming that stuff. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Everybody's wearing their Foo Fighters Emperor fucking Christmas sweaters and. I mean, everybody's got Christmas sweaters now that are all metal. They got the, uh, why not? You I've throw never all seen anyone wear one. I've seen them online. I, I, you know, I'm sure people buy them. I don't know where they're actually sporting these joints. I don't know what's going on. Actually, you know, I saw one at Fun 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 Fest. Actually, year. what I think they do is they wear those metal things to their non-metal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that they do, can, Are we agreed that like then any band that does a like goof, christmas metal song is good you know that that that's totally valid the goof metal tunes are great no no because you know what i'm first you know ge- in general i'm not really on board with comedy music like what? even yeah that's some what you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this right now and don't get offended you know all you listeners probably got offended but that's some white shit all right <laughs> comedy you know oh, that's right that's right that's right <laughs> you know every was it uh Tenacious D, all white people love Tenacious D. Love they love Tenacious mixing D. their comedy and and music. Or go to like a, Chuck a here Weird, is white Al, Weird Al show. You know there ain't no black people at a no Weird Al show. Come on. <laughs> I'm feeling very alabaster right now. I swear. <laughs> Come on, man. You know. Um, um, I love Tenacious D and Weird Al. Shit. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't know that but was no. part of my genes. <laughs> And listen, those are all super talented stuff. You know, like I'll listen to Sanctions. Like Sanctions, they're just a really great band. You know, they're just like good musicians and, you know, all that stuff. Same thing, Weird Al, a really talented guy. It's just I never, in my spare time, I'm never like, damn, man, you know what would make this rocking even better? A few laughs. <laughs> you know, it's just never, it just never really crosses, crosses my mind. You know, but I'm never like, listening to like you know some you know george carlin stand up some chris rock I'm like you know what i need a guitar riff over this uh <laughs> over this joe rogan joke <laughs> <laughs> but when it's done well it's great no i listen it's it's cool it's cool you know i'll, I'll appreciate it from 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 time to time you know just you know it's just not really my my bag there you know right. actually you know probably the 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 Fun, I guess the funny uh, band I like the most is probably Steel Panther. Oh, um, man. Well, Maybe we need to do an episode on Steel Panther. Oh, you're a Steel Panther hater? I, I'm i not sure who the joke is on. I right, hold that, though. We don't want yeah. to make that this episode. Okay. Because I think that's a whole separate. We, we got to do it. Yeah, we could do that one separate because okay. I, I think that's something completely different. All right. Especially after hearing, because I didn't get to see them when they came through, and yeah. I heard lots of great things about their show. So You guys have never seen Steel Panther? I've never seen them live. No. How about you? No. No. Oh, so you you have, so you don't even get it. Oh, yeah. You have. The whole thing is the live show. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's, the, I yeah, I, I saw them when they were still called Metal School, and um, yeah, there it's like, it's actually 
they're they're an amazing band, but it's secondary to just how fucking funny they are. Mm-hmm. Like like it's it's a co- it's a comedy show almost first. You know, it's it's fucking hilarious. But I don't want to be laughing with my metal. I mean, I shouldn't <laughs> I shouldn't be I shouldn't be laughing while I'm watching metal, man. I no, mean, listening, uh, listening. Oh, listen. oh, sorry. That's right. <laughs> Very different. All right. All right. So now there's a there's a whole other thing too. Like you mentioned, the Trans Siberian Orchestra in that in that they're they're creating something that is sort of traditional, but at the same time they're the new compositions of what they're doing. Uh, what about like Halford did a did a whole album of of winter songs that were all about their that Christmassy, but they're all about the winter season and that sort of thing. Is is that legit or is that is that out the door too? Sounds gay. No, that listen. I mean, come on, man. How, most of the best metal comes from places that are winter, like nine months out of the year. You know, they get you know Scandinavia, you know Transylvania, you know, um, you know. Sidonia, I just made that up. I don't even know that's Sidonia. What the <laughs> carpet land? You know, um, you know, uh, uh, Hobbit, Hobbiton, um, uh, Rivendor. <laughs> Your passport has just been revoked. Uh, no, you know what I'm saying. Like, sorry, you know, there is no Rivendor. It's technically Rivendell uh, and Mordor. You can't combine the Riv- two. <laughs> no but you know i mean listen w- winter you know that's if it wasn't for like dark cold european nights you know we wouldn't have you know in flames and you know dark tranquility and stuff like this so you know i, I back that you talk about winter that's metal <laughs> well, I, I, but when zach wilde does a does you know god rest you merry gentlemen or um uh oh little town of bethlehem on his record that that's that's right out like we can't have well, that Here's here's the thing I think about the whole Christmas thing is that obviously in America in particular or, or perhaps perhaps globally I'm 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 being a little glib as far as that's concerned but it is about commerce it's about consumption about moving things about getting that nice little you know fourth quarter bump in terms of uh, selling things and to me that's really what Christmas albums are about it's not about some it's the reason stuff. for the season well it's there's this illusion that it's about this warm fuzzy sentiment but it's about having another fucking thing trinket to sell you know um and that song and you know it the novelty of it you know it i just don't it doesn't move move, move i, lo- I love the ironic christian celebration of an incredibly unchristian tradition in so many different respects yeah but the, but here's the thing is i'm i'm not christian you know i'm i'm, I'm an agnostic but to me christmas doesn't have anything to do with religion i think for most people i don't think it has anything to do i think it's just this holiday we all we all celebrate it we're all, we're all involved in it but it has no, i i you know i like the idea of christmas i enjoy the you know all the festivities and the lights and the and the, the whole vibe around it but to me it has nothing to do with jesus or anything it's just no it's like this is it's an it's a cultural holiday yes that some people you know link it with you know religion if that's your thing but it to me it has no, almost nothing to do with it and doesn't make me dis and not being religious doesn't make me not like christmas i like christmas it's not that well, it's not, it, but it's not just you. I mean, there's, you know, history and 
and and how it's celebrated, all that stuff will show you that it is it's as pagan as can be. Which makes it even more metal. Which makes it more metal. Exactly. Now we need the music to support it. (laughs) That's my my argument right there. That's right. It's like now we're eating, you know, turkey and stuff like that. But back in the day, we used to have kill a goat. (laughs) I throat over a pentagram. That's right. That's not a bad video. Sacrifice under the tree, lit in flame. (laughs) Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now now someone needs to make that Christmas song. You know, the behemoth Christmas song. (laughs) Dude, how awesome would that be? See, you're hitting it. Now we've got you on board. We got, we convinced you. Yeah, but you know, that's, you know, listen, that's. We'll be seeing Nurgle in a few weeks. We'll, we'll pitch the idea. Hey, Doc Coyle said. (laughs) He's got a great idea. Got a great idea for you. We got a new project for Doc to work on. Christmas music with Behemoth. (laughs) Behemoth, that would be so great. Well, we shared a tour bus with Behemoth for six weeks. So you're in. I thought, I I think you're, you're totally in. Uh, You got another project. You got the opening band for your new wave of American heavy metal tribute band. (laughs) They're opening band. I think we'll be opening for them. <laughs> I think they're doing all right, uh, dude. Well, it's awesome. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap this segment up, man. And, uh, and we appreciate you coming in every every month, dude, talking and rejecting our sickness. We got to do the Steel Panther one here uh, coming up. That's got to be one we got to do. Oh yeah, I I did not know you guys didn't like Steel Panther, so this is this is good. Well, I'm in between. I know I know Godless is uh, is is on the out. So I, I'm 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 almost completely on the out. I'm just waiting for somebody to convince me that what I what my instincts about them are are wrong. Well, I just you know what I love about I think. None of this shit is serious. Like all metal is kind of silly in its own weird way. Like every subgenre is kind of silly if you think about it. Like like no one, none of us should be taking ourselves too seriously. So I think there should be like a Steel Panther of every genre. Like there should be like a tongue in cheek death metal band just making fun of death metal dudes. You know, there that's should be death just clock. Every- you know, that's <laughs> death clock for us. Yeah, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I think we've got our Valentine's Day episode all planned out. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> mm, indeed. I think about that. I'm still thinking about that death clock comment. <laughs> uh, save it though. Save it. We'll, we'll we'll do that in a whole other segment, man. But thanks for uh, thanks for coming in on, uh, on this month and Merry Christmas. Hey, uh, Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Christmas metal is one of those things that I that I that I just uh, I have to get behind. I really do. I, I have to, I have to say I love it. Christmas music song. So am I right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. No. I, trust me. I I know you're right. It says Godless. Yeah. Uh, I love Christmas. <laughs> I have my tree. Your pagan tree is that what you have? I haven't gotten it yet. Dance around your maypole. Yeah. Yeah. You, the, you haven't gotten your tree yet? No. Oh jeez. No. I gotta wait till the new shipment comes in. All the good ones come in on the weekends. You get fresh trees, or do you, uh, the fake yeah, ones? yeah, we do fresh. Ugh, it's allergies, man. I can't do the fresh trees. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't pay any attention. I get the to fake myself. shit. That's a, that's the way I do it. Yeah. For be, it, dude, you know, for being like is trying to be metal, you know, I, uh-huh. I you see my house. Yeah. It's like Christmas just barfed all over that place. Yeah, and then the same with the, it just like it ate in its own barf from Halloween. I know, I know. Well, Halloween, I mean, Halloween and metal like go together. Like that's just 
obvious, right? I'm but, not sure about the way you do it. Uh, it's <laughs> very metal, it's, though. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah. I have a Halloween tree, you know. I still want a Halloween tree. I really do. Black with some orange lights on it. Yeah. Are you staying Something. in town for, for Christmas? Uh, what are we talking Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 2014 was an awesome year. It was an awesome year for the genre. A great year for the podcast. Uh, I mean, was, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, I, I've had a lot of fun this year, and uh, thanks to Vincent Axel and Anzo yeah. and everybody at Metal Sucks, of course, You know, because uh, without them, what, where would we be? We, we'd be on that other website that <laughs> we're begging to get back on that other website. With four, that people, us, us, four yeah. people listening to us. It's like, get better uh, than that, but uh, maybe, okay, five. Yeah. Uh, maybe no. five. No, we appreciate everybody listening to and uh, taking the time out to listen to uh, our sickness discussions <laughs> and all yeah. the stupidity that we put out every Thank week. Thank you, Doc and, and, and Stavros, for taking time to be a part some of our podcast guests, this year. And hopefully, we'll have some more in, uh, in 2015. Yeah. We're working on some new stuff for 2015. That's a good and, idea. As well as extending. Uh, uh, you know our our commitment with the other people that we already have on the show. It's <laughs> going to be great. It's going to be super duper. So yeah, I'm looking forward to 2015. And uh, yeah, we got the next couple weeks off. So take that time to subscribe on iTunes. If you go to iTunes, to search for Metal Sucks Podcast. You will find us. You can subscribe, listen to some of the old episodes, see what you think. Who knows? Maybe we'll put some of those uh, together or let you uh, maybe tell you what we think are our favorite episodes out there. At least maybe uh, tweet it or something like that. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter too. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speak. And uh, make sure that you check back and click on the podcast tab at metalsucks.net and look at all of our old stuff and maybe even leave us a message on our speak pipe. I should quickly add that I'm also at Godless Speaks on Spotify. I'll be spending a ton of tunes on Spotify Over. and building my playlists and stuff like that. And I'll probably be, hopefully be playing a hell of a lot of online poker at Carbon as Godless <laughs> Speaks if my wife will let me. Uh, well, good luck with that. No, no. If you are really bad at poker, come sit down at the table with me. Hey, if, you follow me uh, if you follow me on uh, Twitter, you also know that I play nothing but this MMO called Swotor. So yeah, do a podcast about that thing too. It's evil stuff. All right. We got to wrap this thing up for the year. Thank you again. I miss doing the podcast already. Two weeks off and I don't want it to happen. You're the one who's the boss. See, you keep talking. I'm trying to end this damn show. I don't want it to end. That's what I'm saying. This is a Metal Sucks podcast. Take a bow, 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 take a bow